I'd say like the most important things to remember. I kind of talked a bit about a niche. So I would say, Mm -hmm. yeah, definitely pick out a niche. Mm -hmm. One that you have knowledge and experience in is usually the best because then when you're creating digital products, so say if you're creating some kind of templates, you would know exactly what that niche already needs and uses. Um, So you can use that knowledge to help create products that are a lot better than what's currently out there. Welcome to the Let's Not Sugarcoat It podcast, a podcast about the real, raw, and unfiltered side of motherhood. We're your hosts, Alex and Bella. Let's get into it, ladies. Well, let's get into it, ladies. So today we have Tamara, mom of two boys, graphic designer, and entrepreneur. For the past past 15 years, she's worked with multiple award-winning design agencies and has helped hundreds of small businesses create their brands through her freelance logo design work. That's until a few years ago, her life did a 180 after having kids, and she realized how precious time is and how important it is to enjoy the time we have. This paved the way to learn all she could about digital products, passive income, and selling online. Last year, she ended up making a full-time income on Etsy, almost completely passively, working only a couple hours a week. So she was excited about this new way of making a living and decided to teach other people, other women, how to do it. So through her online courses, her mission is to empower others by showing them the tools they need to create and build an online, eventually passive, digital product business of their own relatively quickly, all on Etsy. So welcome to Mara. Thank, Thank you. Welcome, welcome. Yeah, That's so, so exciting. exciting for I know. Yeah. <laughs> and so cool. Yeah, we, I saw Tamara speak at the Chic Retreat. We have we keep having people come who've spoken to the Chic yeah. Retreat. We're like sharing all the knowledge. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's so cool. So tell us a bit more, you know, about yourself and how you got into the world of Etsy. Yeah. Well, I think you covered a bit of it with that bio. Um yeah, it was a very interesting journey. I never expected to be creating and selling digital products. But as you mentioned before, like I, my career kind of started as a graphic designer. That's what mm-hmm. I went to school for. That's kind of what I thought I'd always be doing. Um, I ran a design studio, but I was also working, you know, 40, 50 hour work weeks. I didn't really mind doing that because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I didn't have kids at the time. Yeah. So I could work evenings, I could work weekends. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it was a lot of work. And then that's when I I ended up getting pregnant in 2019. And I was trying to run my business and trying to figure out, okay, how is this going to work once I have a child and I have to take care of a child? Like in Canada, you don't qualify for any kind of um, maternity leave if you're Mm self-employed. So I would have to basically just rely on my husband's income at the time. And You know, that would have been fine, but I'm also so used to being independent and making my own money too. And I was just like, this isn't really going to work for me. How Mm -hmm. can I find a way to still earn an income while raising a child? And is it even possible? Like, is there a way to even do that and somehow use my skills? And that's where I started learning a bit about digital products and passive income. Yeah. And okay, well, and you were saying, I think when you did your talk, that a lot of people don't know about Etsy. Like, it's a huge... I mean, they know about it for like, we think of crafting and so on, but not for Mm -hmm. the digital products, but there's a huge world out there of like Etsy digital products. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Cause yeah, I, I shopped on Etsy, you know, the, Mm -hmm. for the first time, you know, 15 years ago. And I think I was just buying like some gifts for friends for Christmas kind of thing. And then 
recently, yeah, like when I first started the um, passive income digital product journey about three and a half, four years ago now, um, that's kind of when I discovered that there's this whole world of digital products on Etsy too. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of started looking into it and seeing, yeah, there's a lot of money to be made and a lot of people setting up stores on there. Yeah, like there's, she, you were saying there's like some counselor who makes like, 50 grand a day on Etsy or something. <laughs> now that'll take a while to get there, but that's Not crazy. Not quite a day, but a month. Yeah. Yeah. A month, yeah. 50 grand a month in passive income on Etsy. That's yeah. pretty impressive. Yeah, selling I tried once on Etsy and all it did, I just didn't research enough, I guess. And maybe I did it wrong. Uh, but yeah, I, I tried to sell some products on Etsy and all I was paying was for clicks. And it was like, this is not working for me. So I am so Mm. intrigued to kind of, you know, learn a little bit more um, on how to do that. But, Mm -hmm. you know, so tell us a little bit how, how, like with, with your, your, so you had the baby, right? And then did you instantly go into the Etsy world or did you still manage like working here and then like, how did you replace the income? Like, did you mm-hmm. with the job? Like, how how was that journey for you? Well, right before I um, I had my baby, I was actually working at a design studio part time. Um, so I ended there, and then I had about a few months um, before I was due. So that's kind of when I started looking into the digital products a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, I played around because there. Etsy isn't the only place online that you can sell digital products. There's also other marketplaces. One in particular that's pretty popular is called Creative Market. Mm-hmm. So I played around listing digital products on various places just to kind of see like what yeah. worked, what didn't. I also tried many different types of digital products because my background's in logo design. Right away, I was like, oh, I'm going to make logos. I'm so yeah. good at this. Let's right. put a ton of them on Etsy. They're going to sell like crazy. Yeah. I put them on Etsy, waited, you know, a few months, crickets. I didn't sell one. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, okay, is this even like worth it? I just spent so much time creating these. Yeah. Didn't make any money from it. Like Mm -hmm. how are people, you know, even making a living doing this? But I just kept trying different products. I made like social media templates, forms. I tried putting stuff on creative market too. After a few months, nothing really took off. Yeah. Um, But I did spend, I want to say almost 40 hours on this illustration pack where I hand drew all these illustrations of like flowers and animals, vectorized them and sold them as an illustration pack on creative market. Mm -hmm. Finally, after about... A month, I yeah. sold one copy. And yeah. I remember getting the email like, oh, congratulations, yeah. you made your first yeah. sale. And I was like, oh, yes, okay. As long as like one person found this useful, then it wasn't a total waste of my time, right? Yeah, right. Little did I know, like a year later, my husband drops the bomb that he created an account Aww. on Creative Market. <laughs> and he was the one that purchased oh that gosh. to keep me motivated. Oh, that's but I'm really glad he story. did because it did t- kind of take off from there. I just kept trying and eventually yeah. some products hit. Yeah. And so which ones do you find now are the ones that work well for you that hit? So what I ended up doing is um, I started releasing products geared more towards real estate agents. So I kind of niched in a little bit. Yeah. Whereas before I was just creating things for every kind of person. 
But I found specifically my social media templates for real estate agents started picking up a lot more than the other items on Etsy. And so that was kind of my hint. Okay, there's a lot of real estate agents on Etsy looking for things. Let's just kind of hone in on that. Yeah. So then I went from there and made, you know, I think 50 different templates for real estate agents. Everything from like open house sign-in sheets to buyer's guides, seller's guides, social media templates. Yeah. And once I niched in, that's when I found that the sales really started taking off. That's yeah, cool. I guess you, you have to niche. That's yeah. what everybody says. Niche, niche, niche. 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 <laughs> Find your niche. It, yeah. it does work well because as soon as you niche, then all your content's directly communicating to that audience, right? Like right. your products are so much more valuable. Whereas if I just made social media templates for general business owners, they might find them helpful. But if the content is already created for their specific business, it makes it just that much easier for them. Yeah. Yeah. They have to do less work, right? So it's, yeah. Exactly. No, that's cool. So now is that's what you do full time <laughs> then. You're doing your online and then you have your courses that you're running. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, I, I put a lot of time into my Etsy store in that first year, especially when I was raising Miles. Um, You know, whenever he was napping, I was making digital products. So I did put tons and tons of time into it whenever I could that first year. It did take about a year or so to really start taking off. But then in 2022, last year, I didn't put any time into it really, except answering a few messages when I got um, some requests, updating the keywords here and there. But like... 50, under 50 hours for the entire year. Wow. Um, and then that is still made the full-time income. So that's kind of how I saw, okay, this is like a really great passive income stream because you invest that time initially. It does take a while sometimes to, mm-hmm. some mm-hmm. stores take off right away. Um, but if you invest that time initially, you put it all the work in. But then after that, that's kind of when you get the payoff. You can work on other projects or do other t- things, spend more time with your kids, go on trips. And yeah. you know you still have that income coming in continuously, which is nice. That is nice. And I think I, like it's interesting you say, yeah, put the work in at the beginning because obviously that's how it works. But I do know, like I find so many clients, they say, oh, I just want to make a passive income, right? But there's this word out there that they're like, I'm going to make a passive income. I'm going to create something. It's going to be like, suddenly I'm making 30 or 50 grand, just like passively, but you haven't put the work in. So mm-hmm. I think that's a good moral for, for people. Like you have to put the time in, you have to set up the shop. It's not going to just instantly necessarily make you a ton of money. Mm-hmm. Unless you get lucky. Like, Unless you get lucky, right. like you're saying. Yeah. 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 But it is. It's yeah, a you lot have to of work. people don't realize that it is a lot of work to get to a that business level. going unless you get lucky. Mm-hmm. But like yep. 90% of the people, I don't even know the statistics, so I'm just pulling shit. Just out making of my up a number. <laughs> 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 90% of people in 92. Yeah. <laughs> um, they don't make it like mm-hmm. that lucky. They, they're, they don't get so lucky, let's just say, right? That there is a lot of work. Um, or they give up because it yeah, doesn't work yeah. right away. So they yeah. think it's not going to work at all. And then they give up. Yeah. And that is not the way to do it. Mm-hmm. it I mean, it kind of depends how badly you want it too. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. how, how much does this pass idea of passive income appeal to you? And yeah. just keep going until 
something you create takes off because it will, but sometimes it'll take off right away. Sometimes it'll take months. Sometimes yeah. it might take a year till you get that first product that people want, but it will happen eventually. Mm-hmm. Right. And you just need to get a good husband to buy your first Yes. <laughs> you motivate, I know. <laughs> I know like my, one of my friends it, did this talk once about entrepreneurship and she said, you always need like three people in your corner and I'm drawing a blank on the third person. But one of the people was a, a mentor. The second person is somebody who believes in you more than you believe in yourself. And that's like your husband. Aww, he was like, I yeah. believe in you and kept you motivated. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice yeah it's important to have yeah. those people in your life to keep you going. Because I know I'm also like we're entrepreneurs. So I didn't get mad leave either. So you do, I, I tried working through it. Like I had my twins and then I had a bridal dress because I used to shoot weddings. So biggest um, bridal fantasy um, trade show was happening in January and I already had the booth and I went. I had my mom, my cousin stay, but I had no sleep. I ended up like fainting. I was so bad. I'm oh, like, no. you know, I, you needed <laughs> doing too many things. I, yeah, yeah. My kids just got out of NICU. The last one in, on, in, like January 1st and the show was like January 14th. So there was all this stuff, but I'm like, who else is going to do this if it's not me, right? It's your business, mm-hmm. it's your income. But I did have a good lesson. Like, no, you you need to, you need to have some time, you yeah. know, like, <laughs> and, rely, and rely on people, like ask for help. That's mm-hmm. when I learned how to ask for help is when we have children and we don't have that income and you, let's say you need that income. Right, mm-hmm. like we, we have to push through, which is it's it's hard when you don't have that. I feel like we should, you know, rally for business owners because there's more of us now, like women entrepreneurs, and men don't have to think about that. You know, we have the babies. If there is, you know, they don't have to worry about taking the time off and all that kind of jazz, right? Losing, but as women, we have to not only take care of the baby and then. What if we are the only person, right, that's running the business? I don't have math. There's a lot more pressure. Yeah. I mean, Canada does have that um, EI for self-employed people, but I I did it and I don't recommend doing it because now every tax year, even though I know I'm not having any children, still have to pay 10% into into the EI thing. So it's annoying. They get you there. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, this is great. And then it's like, oh, for the rest of your working life, you'll have to pay into this fund that you're not using. So... That's annoying. So at the end of my taxes, I'm always like, oh, I owe 10% more. So I don't recommend doing it. Maybe I did it wrong. I don't know. But the accountant was (laughs) like, yeah, so Um, they do have it. But yeah, Mm -hmm. passive income sounds like the way to go. I like it. Do you have to pay? Can't you like, if you open a new business? Here we are scheming on how not to pay. I don't On my personal taxes, because like I'm self-employed, like so if I had a um, a business, like a corporation. I don't, I wouldn't have to do it, but it's like at the end, there's something about my taxes. I mean, I'm not an accountant. I hate, okay. I hate well, taxes. Then I think when you do something, something you have to do. And like, I remember setting it up and she was like, you're going to have to pay this like forever. And I was like, okay. At the time I was like, okay. And now I'm like, it pisses me off every time. <laughs> but anyway, oh, no. So whatever. Maybe I'll see if the new accountant will do something different. But anyways, that was a squirrel. But what I was going to say <laughs> is if you were going to give people like some tips, I mean, I know they can take your course, so don't give it all away. But like, what are some tips you'd give for, okay, you want to sell something online? You want to start a passive income? Like, 
were some little tips you'd give them? Mm -hmm. Um, So there's probably a a few that are, I'd say like the most important things to remember. I kind of talked a bit about a niche. So I would say, Mm -hmm. yeah, definitely pick out a niche. Mm -hmm. One that you have knowledge and experience in is usually the best because then when you're creating digital products, so say if you're creating some kind of templates, you would know exactly what that niche already needs and uses. Um, So you can use that knowledge to help create products that are a lot better than what's currently out there. A lot of the products are created by people not within those specific industries. So Mm -hmm. they're just throwing content in their templates. A lot of time it's just placeholder text. It's not even content written for that audience. Mm -hmm. So if you can create products with really great content within them, your products are already better. So aside from a niche... um, Yeah, I would say just at the beginning, come out with as many products as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, Don't just put out a few and then if they don't take off, think it's not going to work. Just Mm -hmm. keep putting out products because something will eventually take off. I think it took me around 20 products or so until I saw one um, being purchased quite often until I got a bestseller. Um, so that would be, yeah, pretty important to just, just come out with as many as you can. And then once you have that income coming in monthly, you can decide, okay, do I want to create more products and keep growing that income? Or am I happy with where I'm at? I want to just keep this totally passive and let it run with the products that are currently out there. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Oh, I feel like I have so many ideas now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, and definitely. Okay. So one thing I didn't know at the beginning when I started this whole journey is about the analytics apps. So the one I use now specifically is called Everbee. And basically what that app is, it's like a Chrome extension. Mm -hmm. And when you have it installed and you log into Etsy, Mm -hmm. now you can see all the backend information. So they've kind of like linked into the Etsy API. I think it's called that. My husband, (laughs) exactly. But they link into the Etsy API so they can see everything basically. And they're tracking everything. Mm -hmm. So for every product, they can tell every time it's sold and is renewed. So they can see how much much money that product's being sold a month, how much money they're making, what keywords that product is using, um, the search volume for specific keywords. Mm -hmm. So having all that information is awesome because if you have a product idea, you could do what I did in the beginning, just create it and hope it sells. Or you can go into Everbee, type in that keyword and see how many people are actually searching for it. So if you see that there's a lot of people searching for it and not that much competition, you know it's a good idea to create it. Mm. Yeah. So do you have a business like so how like how how does it work? Do you have did you open a business and now the money's funneling through a business or is it just going into personal? Um well I have I run everything <laughs> Sorry, under <laughs> I have like my small business registered as okay. Galaxy Bomb. Okay. Um so Galaxy Bomb is kind of like my it started as the design studio, but now it's kind of like morphed into sort of like the online course digital mm-hmm. products world. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like people ask, oh, do you have to pay taxes? How do you do this? How do you right? Do right? Oh yeah, like, all you definitely these have to, to pay yeah. taxes. Set yeah. up a business. Yeah, put I put away thirty percent of all my income mm-hmm. for tax season. I have quite a bit left over of that, so it's kind of like my savings for the year and like my tax fund. Yeah, um, but yeah, I would recommend putting away. Um, yeah, yeah, around thirty percent. That is a good at least, way to do right? that. I never remember know. someone <laughs> telling me that years ago. Like. 30% and then you kind of get like a bonus at the end when you have more than you thought you did. Yeah. It's a good idea. Yeah, yeah exactly. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. I had a question. Now escape me. Bella, do you have a question? 
Yeah, I want to link a little bit back to the the children and motherhood because now you have two two children, right? Mm-hmm. In their yep. age. Uh, three and a half and one and a half. Yeah, boys, girls. Boys. Two boys. All two boys. Yeah. Oh my lordy. No. <laughs> yeah, how do you balance it all like in the motherhood? Well, working. now it's easier because of the passive income streams. So now I, I'm working on my courses where I'm teaching people how to do this too. And it's nice because both my kids are in daycare now. Mm. So that frees up a lot of time for me to just kind of work on these other projects. I'm not really putting a lot of time into my personal Etsy store anymore. I'm just kind of letting it run. I'm not too concerned about growing that area anymore. Now I'm more concerned about creating these courses and and teaching people all about how to do it. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've done it. I, you know, put in like the two, three years to build it. I learned everything I wanted to learn, but now mm-hmm. my passion is more about um, teaching others. Yeah. Well, that's, that's awesome. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So I guess balancing is put the kids in daycare and <laughs> yeah. just and go, right? It's a lot easier when the kids are in daycare. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah for yeah. sure. I mean, when Archer, I spent the first year or so at home with him and... I would just find time here and there kind of thing, you know, when he's napping and then my mom would come over and watch him for a bit. So there's, you know, a couple hours a day that I had to work on stuff, but Mm -hmm. it is very slow going until you can have that kind of dedicated time. Yeah, for for sure. Not to say you need all this time to get started. Like if someone's listening to this and they are thinking they only have, you know, an hour a day to start get into this and start making products. That's mm-hmm. all you need really. Yeah. You know, if you can just put an hour a day or if you only have a few hours a week, that's fine too. But just kind of get started and get that ball rolling. Yeah. Get started. That's the key. It's like, it you is, can yeah. think about it forever, <laughs> but just get started. Yeah. That's yeah. what we need to do. We need to get do it. Get started. Um, yeah. Okay. So with motherhood though, I was thinking recently because I went back to a family reunion and like, I'm struggling with my kids right now with like the talk back. But then I was around my... Um, cousin who has kids around your age. And I was like, oh my God, that is a hard age too. Like they're always moving or like walking around. Like every age, there's something hard about it, no matter what. Mm -hmm. And what do you feel is like right now, the challenge for you in parenting? Oh, well, yeah. (laughs) My older son, um, yeah, my kids, I wasn't lucky in the sense where my kids get along. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I've talked to a lot of parents and they have kids around the same age and Usually it's like a girl and a boy and they, and they get along. They don't really fight. But unfortunately, <laughs> my kids are constantly <laughs> fighting. They, they're just learning how to share right now. So grabbing the toys and then hitting and pushing and that kind of thing. So I feel like that's the biggest challenge I'm trying to deal with is just... Yeah, knowing how to discipline them in sort of like the proper, most effective way. Mm Because you can tell them, you know, a million times not to do something, but just goes in one ear out the other, right? I don't know if yeah, that ever sure. even changes as they get it older too. Oh my oh my like it does. feel like it gets worse <laughs> and then worse. like, you know, the punches are much harder. Than the <laughs> and then they're mean. Instead of like grabbing the toy, they're like hurting each other with their words. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's oh, they still grab and stop oh, the yeah. slamming of the doors. So, but yeah. Uh, if people tell you that their kids don't fight, yeah, I think it's a lie. They are lying. You guys are liars. Do not tell Whose people kids don't fight <laughs> unless they're in different rooms. I mean, a hundred percent. Yeah, I maybe. have never heard two kids fighting. Well, over the wall, they could still do over yeah. the phone, but yeah. So, are you? Do you have? Do you like? Do you come from big families, or are you? No, I. It was just me and my brother growing up. Okay. Did um, you fight? 
We never fought. No. Like, I, ever? And I think. Oh, then she's lying too. I mean, <laughs> there were the odd times, yeah. but for the most What's part. What's the age difference? Yeah. My mom always said that I was the instigator, though. We didn't okay. fight, but I was always the instigator, whatever that meant. Are you <laughs> so the I'm a little bit older. Yeah, yeah. I'm a couple yeah. years older, too. So. Well, I mean, now the way I see instigators work, like I saw my niece do it and my kid does it all the time, too, where you're like, you do something to piss off the youngest kid, and then the youngest kid reacts in a really, like, inappropriate way. And then you're like, oh, yeah, I don't know why he's yelling or yeah. I don't know why they're yelling, but it was all the older kids' fault for like poke, 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 poking. <laughs> well, I have yeah, twins, yeah. so but I have one that's always instigating. Not always. Okay, I'm trying not to use the absolutes, like right, always. always. Um, but she, most of the time, she's the instigator. And, you know, and then the other one will freak out because she's easily uh, affected by whatever Kaylee does. So Kasha will have a freak out and then they'll fight, they'll hit or whatever. Uh, still working on it. It's been almost 11 years, but <laughs> still going strong. Um, and then, yeah, and then they'll come. And I don't know, you know, so she, the instigator now is upset. Mm -hmm. She comes to me and first thing I say to her, well, what was your part in this? I did nothing. <laughs> yeah, right. Sure you did and then we sit down and we talk about it, right? And then I have them in separate rooms going, okay, this one is telling me about what the other one did. This one's telling me what... The, and then we come back. Okay, well, how could you have reacted? Mm -hmm. We're a little f like further away because you have a one-year-old and a three-year-old, right? So, yeah, but I mean, it is. It's like, I find that like the older kids always get the shitty end of the stick. Because as parents, we tend to baby the baby, right? Because like mm -hmm. they're younger than whatever, yeah. but they do sometimes instigate the shit. Well, and we I was saying to my sister, I don't know if you feel like this, but uh, when my sister and I were talking about how, oh, it's almost like I wish as an adult, or we were both saying we wish as adults, you could go back and like treat your oldest kid with the same like way you treat the youngest kid. Like, you know, I feel like my expectations of my oldest daughter at certain age milestones were way higher than they are with like my youngest kid. Mm -hmm. And I often yeah. find parents do that. It's yeah. Not After the first one. Yeah. You, you don't have those high expectations as much anymore because you've already done it and you're just like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I remember like putting on only certain types of TV shows for yeah. my older one. And yeah. now he's kind of upgraded into like the more mature shows and, you know, Archer's watching it too. I'm like, oh yeah, whatever. They both sit together on the couch nicely yeah. and like they're enjoying the show. I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to worry so much about it. Um, but with Miles, I was like, no, we're only watching this show, this show, this show. If the screen switches too quickly, I'm not putting that one on. And I was a lot more strict about it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I remember once with my daughter, I was like at a family Thanksgiving and my aunt was, they were watching like football or something and it was on in the kitchen. And I was just like so annoyed because I didn't want my two-year-old to watch TV. I was like so anti-TV for a two-year-old then. So I just like took her on a walk and I was so grumpy. And then I would just like, Parker, I feel like he watched TV his whole life. Like, <laughs> it was just like, because he had a four-year-old sibling and he was just like, yeah, whatever. So I don't you know. one of those. Yeah. One of what? <laughs> the no TVers? Yes. Oh, I was crazy about Evie. Like I was, and now it's just like so ironic. I'm like such a hypocrite. Now I'm just like, meh. Or I'll be like, I guess I watch a show. I don't know. Like, yeah. 
Do you anyway. feel like you ever had those moments before you had kids that you said, I will never, never do, this. do this. And oh, then you yeah. judge before and now you have your own kids. Oh yeah. Like the one that I feel so guilty about judging is I was one of those people that would like see families and then they would put their kid on like the iPad at yeah. like a restaurant. restaurants. <laughs> and I was the judgy one. And yeah. I feel absolutely terrible about that now because... Now, like when we go out, I'll give Miles a laptop, uh, like an iPad to play with. But it's because like some kids, I understand it now. They're so high energy and like you want to have a nice meal Mm -hmm. with your family. You want to be able to go out once in a while. And like these parents wouldn't even be able to go out with their kids. They would just eat, you know, meals at home all the time. Yeah. um, If it weren't for being able to do that. Exactly. But you would be judged regardless you would be judged for having those rowdy kids and people going why can't they control them and so on and so forth without the ipad and now mm. we're being judged for the eye of the ipad yeah. so you can't, you can't win. win you just have to do you whatever yeah. works for your family is what you have to do and we just need to stop because honestly we don't live you that know person's that perfect person's life right but exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah you should just be okay with whatever that family chooses to do. It's yeah. their yeah. family. It's their decisions. Why yeah. does it, how does it affect you at all? It yeah, doesn't, totally. It doesn't. Right? That's you don't have thing. to worry yeah. about yeah. it. What did you say you were never going to do? I would never have my children sleep with me in the bed. <laughs> 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 oh my God. Every night there's somebody in our bed. If not two, like yeah. thank God my mom is there because then she one goes to my mom, one comes to us or whatever. Right. So <laughs> yeah, last yeah. night, like, even though we have guests, we've had Kasha and Kaylee uh, opposite nights come in and sleep with us. Oh, and, wow. Yeah, yeah. And they're, like I said, they're almost 11. And, you know, it's funny because I was like, I would never. And he's like, do not train them because he was, you know, one of those. We should have our own private space. But I had two babies. Like all I wanted to do, I didn't want to get out of bed when I was feeding them or nursing them. I wanted them to have mm-hmm. clothes, right? Yeah. I'm like, I don't care about your personal time right now. I just need time to sleep, right? Because I'm like, you're not nursing these babies. I'm up every, you know, two, three hours and I have yeah. two of them. So yeah, it was not having them in bed and they're always in our bed. But <laughs> But we do lock the door sometimes. You know, yeah. <laughs> security <Sometimes>. reasons. <laughs> for security reasons. For security reasons. <laughs> but um, yeah, when they don't come for a while, because there are moments like they they are getting older. There are moments where I was like, oh my gosh, nobody came to sleep with me. What's going on? Like you feel yeah. that little bit of a, you know. Yeah. Well, loss feeling, of it or something. Uh, yeah. yeah, that loss of you know, that time is coming at one mm-hmm. point. I'm not gonna. I, we call them sleepovers. You right. know, my mom, I, it's funny because when I had the babies, my mom would come and she would sleep in my bed because it was just easier to have the babies. Right. So I'm like, oh, we're having a sleepover. I've had so many sleepovers <laughs> <laughs> with my mom at age four. Well, well before it was like 32. I was 32 when I had the babies older. But yeah, so. So many sleepovers. So many sleepovers. And I am grateful for them. You know, yeah. so what about you? Alexandra, what I said I would never do. You mm-hmm. know what? I always had this like super high and mighty opinion because I worked with kids and I always thought that parents were just doing something wrong. Like I can think of this one lady <laughs> in particular who I just didn't understand why her kids acted so horribly around her, like why they were so awful when I had them, I could tell them what to do and whatever. And then I realized after being a parent, it's because kids are little assholes to their parents. Like they, moms mm-hmm. sometimes like, 
they just feel safe with you. And so then they act out. It's a mom thing. It happens to moms and dads too, I'm sure. But like for me and my family, it happens to me more than it happens to Brad. And I I remember thinking, oh, this is just what it is to be a mom. Like they're taking out that stuff on me as a mom. Because you're the safe space. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I, I look back on that. I said some stuff. I still say some stuff to my mom. And I'm like, oh shit, I'm a little asshole. (laughs) You know, like sometimes (laughs) you do, like you do say things to your mom more than you would never say that to anybody else. It's that that comfortability around them. Oh, and I remember like thinking that this woman um, that I nannied for, she was so almost like I felt like she was so high strung and I didn't understand why she would be like, no, I have to rearrange this to like take my kids to this and da 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 when she was paying someone to do that. And then when I had my kid, my first kid, I remember thinking so-and-so is not, wasn't crazy. She was just a mom. Like you instantly feel that pressure to be at every single event and like have to do all the things or like, and it's a constant work in progress of being like, oh, okay, it's a balancing act. You know what I mean? It's like, you feel this responsibility for this person and you're like, oh, am I going to inflict this like, you know, trauma on my kids because I didn't show up? Like all those questions, I had them too. And I remember really judging her for being what I thought was crazy at the in the moment. But and then you switch and start judging yourself. Then you just judge yourself. That's what moms do. <laughs> the yeah. mom guilt. The mom, the mom guilt. No one ever warned me no, about, warned exactly. me about the mom guilt before having kids. Yeah. I wish someone yes. would have because I would have been prepared for it. Yeah. But. I don't think anybody can be prepared for any of it. But tell us a story. <laughs> like, tell us your, like, mom guilt story because yeah. I do feel like we have some... Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to think about... A good mom guilt story. Well, then, I mean, none of them are, are feel good stories. Story. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, the one that's kind of, that comes to mind right away is just the fact that I have both my kids in daycare. Mm-hmm. So I feel a little bit of guilt almost every day for putting them in daycare. I'm like, shouldn't I be spending all day with them? Shouldn't I be... You know, everyone always says like, oh, those years go by so quickly. They'll be over before you know it. So there's yeah. always that guilt in my head. Okay, well, am I am I taking advantage of these years? Am I spending the amount of time that I should be with them? Are they going to be over soon? And then I'll regret not, you know, spending every day with them. Mm-hmm. So it's like constantly reminding myself that, you know, I'm also living my own life too. And I, you know, I'm an entrepreneur and I love, you know, building businesses and, helping others. So, you know, all that stuff requires time too. And it's a a balancing act between Mm -hmm. spending time with them and spending time, you know, on my own projects. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because I do feel like moms, when we don't take that time, we tend to lose ourselves. Yeah, for sure. When we are just so society, I feel right now, there's that, again, judgment, right? If you're working, you're judged for working. If you're a stay-at-home mom, you're judged for being stay-at-home mom. There's this pressure of constantly doing the. It's like, can we just be? And just, we are people too. We're not just moms, right? Mm -hmm. I am, you know, Bella. Yeah, for sure. And I do have needs. And if they're not fulfilled, I can't be a good mom. But I do feel like a lot of us get so wrapped up on the kid, like the kid thing and all the judgments and trying to do the right thing. It's like, well, for whom? Like, is it just for them or is it also for us? Because I know I lost myself for a while because with twins, it was just a completely different journey. 
right? And uh, yeah, I feel like I'm still a little bit lost now that I'm like, older. I'm like, okay, what the hell am I doing? Yeah. Like, what is it that I want to do? I also, you know, we're a bit older. So with this like midlife awakening. Oh yeah, that's what she called it. A midlife awakening. Yeah. Yeah, it's in the not last a, episode. Yeah. yeah, not a crisis. Not a crisis, midlife crisis, yeah. right? <laughs> but I feel like at some point when the kids get a little bit older, you're still in the thick of it because you have a one-year-old, three-year-old. Um, yeah, if we don't take care of it, now at the beginning when they are that young pieces of us kind yeah, of like get, lost. get lost and then it's hard to find them hard to find them so good on you so you're doing a good job yeah <laughs> I was just saying good on you for like you know thinking right yeah. from the but I, it's, I feel like it's a newer generation too there's a lot more um, tools I think for everybody for for self-care like there's that movement right now mm. a little bit more mm. of a balance like but what's balance and how does it look like? But it is like that work life, motherhood, and so on and so forth. balance. Do mm-hmm. you feel like there's more opportunities for you to to balance your life, or do you feel like there's less? I think, yeah, I think I think so. Mm-hmm, definitely, especially with kind of how I've created things in my life. Mm-hmm. I my life always has tend to gravitate towards balance and. I like having the time for everything that's important to me. So in order to be able to have that time, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I knew I had to create some kind of uh, way of running a business that would allow for that. I wouldn't I wouldn't have been able to still run a design studio and working those hours and have the kind of balanced life that I'd want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's cool too that you thought about it ahead of time. I mean, maybe we don't, tell people that, right? Tell moms, like new moms, like think about how you want things to look like look or be mm-hmm. or like what's important to you. Yeah, We're just suddenly like, moms and then your like identity is wrapped up in mom. Well, yeah, that yeah. and the, the society now is like, oh, you know, baby showers, baby reveals. Like it's all about that piece, but nothing like that comes after, mm. right? Like, okay, I feel like there should be a course. Hmm, maybe I'm having a little... Like how um, to be a parent? Mom. <laughs> I don't know if anybody would want to take advice from me, but, uh, but just like a life, like life course of what to prep for, not just like the furniture, the picking of the blue, the pink, whatever, right? Boy, girl, what, and everything else in between um, room. But like, okay, this is going to be the struggles. So you might want to think that's a good idea or like what do you I like this is important to you what's important to you to maintain about your work or what do you value in yeah how are you gonna you know structure your finances how you know do you want to stay a bit longer like I feel we're just like you know wedding houseboat boom pregnant picking out calls and then the baby comes and you're like holy shit (laughs) nobody told me right so I feel like there should be, maybe there is, I don't know. We'll do some research yeah. and then we'll go on it. And then we'll ask you how to do the balance thing. Cause yeah. I don't feel like we ever, <laughs> you know, the newer generations, I feel they have so much more uh, to offer in that d- department because they are taking a different approach than what, let's say we did, right? Like the nine to five hustle, bustle, hustle, hustle, right? Although yeah. we do tend to judge a little bit. Mm. We do. Yeah. So the younger generation. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Anyway. Yeah. So, uh, so you and your husband, um, how did, how did um, your life change 
my husband after, and I's life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you know, couples after change after kids. Yeah. yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah. Well, we're both fairly easygoing. And mm-hmm. before kids, you know, we kind of had our our way of doing things and it was easy and it was flowy and, you know, we had adventures all the time. But yeah, once you have kids, it really does test your relationship. People say that, but mm-hmm. I didn't realize to the extent that it tests the relationship. Yeah. And you see, you know, your significant other at their best and their worst. And you mm-hmm. see, you know, all the ways that pressure um, and stress mm-hmm. change them, right? And how they handle with it. Yeah. <clears throat> so I think my husband saw certain parts of me that he had never seen and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Too. So I felt like if anything, yeah, it it brings you closer because you understand that person even more and you're more like loving and understanding of kind of what they're going through and what you're both going through together. Did you also find that like you saw things that are like, oh, like you were raised, th- like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, wow, that's how they did in your house, right? Well, yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Like I see a lot of pieces of his dad and him mm-hmm. too, right? And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. like, I see where that comes from. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And as I am sure he sees certain things in me and on how I was raised mm-hmm. too, yeah. right? And it's because you don't, you don't even think about that kind of stuff. But yeah, you just sort you of don't. do things automatically and you're like, oh, I don't know where I thought to say that, but I, I guess. And then you think, oh, maybe my mom said that to me when I was young. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. just kind of in the back recesses of your mind. Yeah. It's like the generation out the randomly. Too, about <laughs> yeah. How you intend to parent and then you could learn so much moving into it. Yeah. And instead of being like, oh, yeah, I didn't like the way you handled that or the other person like, oh, I don't. That was yeah, because then yeah. You, I feel like, you know, your past experiences come forward. So let's say... I'll yell at a kid, right? Not anybody, my kid. I'll yell, you know, at one of the kids because I've said it 10 times already quietly because we do try gentle parenting. That's a thing. But at some point, you just got to raise your voice and put your foot down. But it's a trigger for my husband because there was yelling at home, right? So he doesn't like that. So then having those conversations is so important Yeah, because then uh, we don't get into a fight. Right, because sometimes when they are triggered, it's so important to have those parenting conversations because we do bring our own crap from our own upbringing. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's having those. We're gonna put that in the course. That's in the course for it's sure. It's gonna be in the course. <laughs> like you Tomorrow's know, it's just helping us build a course. course right. Yeah. Now. Right now, we're gonna sell it on Etsy. <laughs> <laughs> Courses are blowing up on Etsy yeah. right now. It's a very new um, category that not many people are Taking creating for right now. So, yeah. okay. all right, it's good we're going to have to take that. your course. <laughs> Woo. Yeah, and then yeah, but that's the thing is like I, I always talk about communication, but we don't know until we're in that situation how to communicate because we weren't given a course that tells us. There's shit that's going to come up from your past. So talk about the parenting, how you're going to handle. And all we mm-hmm. can do is try. We're not perfect. Nobody's perfect. Yeah. We're not going to, you know, not yell ever. Uh, but we can limit the yelling. Yeah, or even <laughs> just understanding, yeah. like you're saying, that the other person doesn't like yelling. Why? Oh, because they had a poor experience with it growing up. So it's a big trigger for them. And then you can have more compassion and you can understand when the person's like oh my god be the instigator right yeah so (laughs) there's so many things so are you guys like on the same page 
parenting, parenting or do you do you make the decisions? How how does like parenting work in your house? Hmm. Um, I feel like we're we have really good communication. So in terms of like the different ways to parent it, we we just I, a lot of the time it's just kind of like using our instincts and and um, doing what feels right. And mm-hmm. usually that is the way is the best way that we've found. Like if we see any a parent doing something that doesn't quite sit right with the other parent, we will like we'll communicate that. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I didn't like how you handled that. Maybe there's a different way to do it. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, yeah, we just kind of use our instincts, I guess you could mm-hmm. say on, on how to do it. I don't, there's no books, right. That you can yeah, read. Yeah. And and do you really want to follow someone else's idea of good parenting too? I yeah. feel like a lot of that should come from like you, everyone obviously loves their children. So you, yeah. that love kind of drives your actions. You always want to do what's best mm-hmm. for them in, you know, the best way that you can. Yeah. So, yeah. And how do you find, like, say there is a time where you don't agree on parenting or the way that somebody handled it. So do you, how do you keep, say, calm in that moment to not be like in front of the other person, be like, oh my God, I hate what you're doing right now. And so do you just yeah. take a minute for your, like, how do you handle that and then bring the conversation up later? Yeah, it's hard. If if I see something specific, uh, I might just kind of like hint at it in the moment, mm-hmm. lightheartedly, not really like drawing too much attention to it. And then yeah. we'll talk about it after yeah. um, when the children child's not there because mm-hmm. you don't ever want to fight or usurp yeah, or the other like fight, but um, intervene when yes. the other parent is parenting yeah. because then it yeah. diminishes that consequence. It's for hard, the yeah. child, right? And mm-hmm. undermines. Undermines. The undermines, yeah. That's yes. the word I was looking for. Yeah, me for. too. Yeah. I was like, let's not, let me take a minute and flip the book a little bit. Yeah, yeah you don't want to undermine the other You don't want to undermine them. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, we, did, we do that too. Like, so our thing is like, if it's getting out of control, you know, one of us will be like, from the back somewhere, just be like, we, we have a hand signal. Mm-hmm. Like, just relax. Or to like, you know, you just, you signal and we talked about it. That's gonna be the something signal. that okay. Let's let's bring that trigger down a little bit because it's it shouldn't be there at this level. It can be here, so let's bring it down a notch or two. And yeah, also making sure that your signals don't become a true. Yeah. <laughs> you know, calm down. Don't tell me. Talk. We don't say calm down enough. So like, yeah. But did you, did you have any like? No, not like that. No, no. I think that's a good idea for sure. Yeah. yeah. Cause like, yeah, we don't want to undermine the other person yeah. for sure. Which my mom is so great at. Yeah. Undermining me, grandma, right? Like mm-hmm. grandma's. Mm-hmm. I did get mad about my mom about that this past week too. I was just like, okay, I said something that they weren't allowed to do. And Mm -hmm. I kind of committed like, that's what you're not doing. So I'm not changing my mind. And then she asked me in front of them, well, why is it really that big of a deal? And then I was like, you can't do that. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, I really shouldn't have done that. I was like, you can have that opinion and ask me why I was so venomous about not allowing them to do it. But don't do that in front of them. Because now they're just like, oh, well, what mom said didn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Do you have grandparents that, because I know like a lot of ours, my parents was, well, the grandparent, we are the grandparents. We can do what we want. We're here to spoil them, not to, to discipline, uh, them? discipline. I'm like, well, then you can't have my children because I can't have them running around and being one way 
with others and treating whatever doing and then another way at just at home like it's they are an extension of the family and i feel we need to be a tribe and stick together because it takes a village to raise a child not one parent and then the village destroys all the hard work that we put in. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 I mean, children are so different too. Yeah. So, you know, our mothers raising us mm-hmm. had a very distinct experience mm-hmm. where like, but we were very different from our own children who have much different yeah. personalities. So mm-hmm. the one thing that I found is maybe my mom's thinking about the ways that she handled, you know, my brother and I when we were young and thinking that we need to be doing the exact same thing for Mm -hmm. my children. Whereas they're totally different people. They're not going to respond in the same way. Yeah. And how each kid doesn't respond in the same way, right? Like you might find some thing that worked for one kid and you're like, oh, this is not working for this one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's funny because we're still, my husband and I were both only children. So, and we have twin girls identical. So not only did we not grow up with siblings and like the fights, the whatever, the dynamics of siblings, which we still don't understand. um, We also have challenges with having identical twin girls who are coming into puberty and their personalities are completely different. What works for one does not work for the other. So it's hard Mm -hmm. when they're in that situation. How do you parent or discipline two children with that did the same thing, but just different. different. Because then it's yeah. not fair. Because if right. I'm getting this punishment and she's not, it's not fair. But this punishment doesn't work for this one. Yeah, that's but it works so for... interesting. That's like a whole different dynamic it's, that you is. have to work through. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. it is. Never like even thought about that. That's the extra challenges, mm-hmm. right? So that those judgments that we put on others... It's mm-hmm. like, people, we're all doing our best. We're all doing our like, best. You know? Yeah. So I feel like that book that on parenting, it's not so much about parenting. It's more about a guideline on communication. Yeah. And how to communicate t- together as a couple on how the challenges that are going to come up, how to like... How, how to deal with them, how to not to undermine the person, like how you're going to talk so about it. That's a good advice. Yeah. 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 Like so. what, you're, what steps you're going to take in these like... Moments, moments, and yeah. have people think about them. Yeah, because they are moments that, like, we're like you said before, nobody preps us for, right? Yeah. And you're like, holy man, nobody told me about this. Because all my life, this is one about those moments. I'm an only child, right? And everybody was telling me how I missed out on not having siblings and how amazing it was. And then I had girl twin girls. And then like that bickering and fighting and whatever. Nobody told me that that was was happening. So I grew up with this like mm-hmm. image that siblings all love each other and that they're the best thing ever. And then reality is we're all struggling with like the fighting. And they will be at some point, you know, you may have a one sister, you're better friends or you may have not. But just how I was taught that siblings were. So you had a it's rosy not, picture of I it. did. And oh. then what they came out as, it's <laughs> like, what is happening? And then, you know, you start thinking, well, what are we doing wrong? We started questioning ourselves, like, oh. are our children only? And everybody's like, oh, no, no, this is how it all... Ha-. I'm like, really? Because for 30 some years, I was told that everybody's best friends. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. I mean, that's in, like interesting. Because I it, even I, I was thinking this week, like my 
three cousins are like such good friends with each other and they're all siblings. And I like all of our kids were like fighting with each other and like whatever. And I was just like, oh my God. And it's, my uncle was like, no, it is weird. Like they just fight, 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 fight. And then, you know, as they become these like grownups, they just Mm -hmm. became these friends, you know? And then Mm. I feel like that's like what it was like for me too. Like there was a lot of fighting and obviously my sisters and I do still fight, but like as adults, you know, you learn not to, to not to do and throw fights. chairs. And I actually think it's my sis, my one sister's the best at this because she has always known exactly what button to push to piss me off. And I think she still knows them, but she navigates it in a way now where she won't do it. So she changed oh, that. Okay. I think, mm-hmm. Because I know if she wanted to, she could just get me going, but she doesn't. She's very, but she changed that dynamic, not me for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like it's similar to a relationship as well mm-hmm. like yeah. with your partner because you learn those little triggers and then obviously you don't want to make them upset. So you stop doing them. Mm, sometimes, sometimes not. <laughs> sometimes sometimes, sometimes you like <laughs> red button push. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Explosion. Yeah. But anyways, well, uh, yeah. it's almost time. I can't be- believe that went fast. Okay, yeah. we usually ask a few rapid fire questions, but... So if you, it, what's a moment in parenting where you're like, oh, if I could have a do-over on this moment, I would do it again. We all have. Hmm. I had one yesterday, actually. So that's pretty Perfect. easy oh. to remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just had very limited patience yesterday. So I forget what Miles was doing, but he kept doing it over and over. And I had, I had been telling him, you know, please don't do that. Please don't do that. Stop mm-hmm. that. It's probably hitting his brother or something like that. And it just got to like the 10th time. And, you know, I raised my voice and I was like, no. And then I closed his door. He was in his room. I closed his door and I had to just like stand out in the hallway. And I was like, okay, was that the best way to handle that? Like, I was, I'm kind of at the end of my limit, but is there a different way I could have responded there? Because now, you know, he's in his room. Mommy's just shut the door. He can tell she's really upset. Like, where does this kind of get us? But I'm not sure what it. I would have done instead. Like, maybe just taken a breath and paused for a moment because that might have settled that anger a little bit, you know, but in that moment, it's so hard to be like, oh, let's just take a breath and handle this differently because you're already... I feel like you did the right thing. I feel Mm -hmm. like you removed uh, him from a situation that he, unless you like, you know, he'll probably be traumatized. He was at the door. I've I've done that too. I like took a kid, put him in the room, closed the door and they're like, no, mommy. And they're like scratching on the door. They're trying to get out (laughs) and I'm holding the handle and you're like... "Mm." I don't know if this is it, but I can't handle it right now. And I just want to remove them from the situation. I don't know. Is there something better? I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know. Tell us people because <laughs> yeah, tell us. we're okay. all doing like, but yeah, right. Yeah. I feel like, yeah. Anyways. No, I know what you mean though. It's like in that moment when you're like so mad, it's like, is there a step that could stop that? Like shutting the door or whatever. Like you're saying, I get what you yeah. mean. Yeah. Mm. Okay. What's a really like, we'll end it on more of a positive. I mean, what's <laughs> a, like a really a moment in parenthood you're really proud of? Hmm. I think the the main thing that pops up is just seeing my two sons together, sharing mm-hmm. special moments. Yeah. Um, 
you know, when Archie will come and, you know, give him Miles a hug mm-hmm. or vice versa and just seeing them because they're still pretty young. So they haven't really built a super strong bond, but I can start seeing it grow a little mm-hmm. bit. Now that Archer's finally a year and a half, it's like his personality is coming out more. Yeah. So just kind of seeing that start to form, I'm like, oh, this is exciting and it's really, yeah, kind of beautiful to watch that bond grow. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And I'm you kind of were saying like, I liked what you said at the beginning about, or not the beginning, a while ago, about just like following your instinct and all mm-hmm. of that. But if you had advice for, you know, a new parent, what would it be? Hmm. Don't be hard on yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's what I did. I was just so hard on myself mm-hmm. when I became a parent. And it's like, you're always judging yourself. You're criticizing yourself. You're thinking, oh, how could I have changed what I did there? What could I have said differently? And it's exhausting if you're constantly mm-hmm. doing that. And I found it was just constantly wearing me down, comparing myself to these other moms, mm-hmm. thinking of what I should should have done differently. If anything, I, I learned, you know, I'm doing the best that I can and that's good enough. Mm-hmm. If you're trying the hardest and if you love your children, you, you obviously want what's best for them. You're going to be doing you know, the best mis- you can. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're going to make mistakes. So that's the, important. Yeah. The fe- I feel like what, if you learn something about yourself, let's say, okay, I didn't like the situation and like how I handled it. Now you acknowledged it and say, okay, I will do better next time and not be so, like you said, so hard on yourself because that's all we can do is acknowledge the feeling we have and then try to change. Next our, time, yeah. Next time. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and you, you might not grow. like you. That's the thing is like we we're all human, and yeah, we're not perfect. And well, we're hard on ourselves, and then like we were saying in this conversation yeah. before, like we're also as a society like hard on other people. Yeah, and judge people judge other parents, and if we just be less hard on ourselves and less hard on the people around us, yeah. then we all be better. More love, share yeah. the love. So anyway, <laughs> okay. how can people find you? So you can find me on my website, um, galaxybomb.com. That's kind of where I talk a bit about um, my digital product, Etsy Quartz. It's going to be released in October. Ooh. So you can sign up for updates on there. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram at galaxybombstudio. And that's where I, I post a lot of like insights, Etsy tips and tricks. I dive into different Etsy shops and figure out what their best-selling products are and how much they're making, things like that. Oh, that's cool. Awesome. Okay, well, thanks for being here, Tamara. Thank Thank you for having me. Okay, until next next time. time. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Now we want to hear from you. And don't forget to follow us at Let's Not Sugarcoated Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time. Bye. Bye.